Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Joining you here on a late Sunday evening or a Monday morning, however you're here, we appreciate you tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all our sponsors. Our sponsors, sorry, we appreciate all our listeners. I meant to say we always start with that, especially our servicemen and women taking care of us out there. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. I'm sure they had a big weekend with a big crowd of big throng of people in town for baseball and basketball and everything else going on. And of course, now it's spring break, so if you're a local, this is the time to go to Strange Brew because the lines will be short. You can you can just get in. Not that you ever wait in line a long time. The brewistas up there are always doing a great job of expediting your orders. Yes, that's, that's the other thing about Strange Brew that we love is that not only is it the best you know coffee house in town, maybe in the SEC, I'll say it, but the service is fantastic too. You never you know no matter how long the line gets, they're constantly moving you in and out of there. So go check them out this week if you're a local, and then when you get back in town next week, of course this weekend, huge uh, baseball series. So if you're up here. Go by and, and check them out over on Highway 12 or their new location on University Drive. I also want to thank College Corner, our other sponsor. CollegeCornerStore.com is where you can shop with them online. Or, of course, you can just go by either one of their two locations in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland over there by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. And you can check out their incredible selection of Mississippi State merchandise. No need to wait till you get to Starkville to make those purchases. You can do it from your home or from your hometown with College Corner. Before long, we may all just be shopping from home. <laughs> Coronavirus is going to keep us shut inside. Let's <laughs> hope not. Are you uh, serious? For, for we, before we get started today, yeah. does that freak you out at all? No, not really. Any, I mean, any? you know, we've sort of been through this before with SARS and the swine flu. I mean, it's going it, it affects the, 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 the infirm and the elderly, the people whose you know, yeah. immune systems are a little weak. You know, if you have children, I would be a little, and I have children. I'm just saying, like, if I had a child who had a, a you know, was not d- doing well, I would be concerned. My children are fully vaccinated, so you know that's good to know. Um, but that said, no, not, not over, not overly concerned. Yeah. You know, now if I start coughing and hacking up a lung, I'll go see a doctor. You know, but I mean, I would go do that anyway. So I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not too overly just, concerned about. Maybe it. it's just recency bias, but it feels like. This one's being hyped up. It's because it's a little Twitter more. is what it is now, and things like that. The last time we went through this was like the the bird flu, the avian flu. Well, I guess Ebola was the last big thing, wasn't it? But I don't well, know if it ever no, if that no, ever no, came no, to no, America. There's a, well, that, there's that. A it didn't come to America, but B Ebola is a little different. I mean, that's something that if you get it, you're going to die. Yeah. All right. This is a disease that if you get it, you can just go to the doctor and be sick, take some I, antibiotics, I th- yeah, and get better. I think the death rate or whatever right now is like it's hi- two, two or three percent, which is higher, higher than, than you would like, obviously. Right, right, but, right. But it's but it's, also too, it's not a hundred percent mortality I, rate. I also think that like part of the 
like if you or I, for instance, got coronavirus, right? I think our chances would be a little be better. Yeah, because we're because both that three percent. Yeah, it, it, I mean, the there, there's some older. Yeah, yeah exactly. The people I so yeah, I'm not. I mean, overly I think worried. there have been some healthy adults that have succumbed to it, but yeah. I don't. Anyway, I, I, you know, if you if you feel sick, go to the doctor. The it, thing is, the NBA. I'm sure you've seen this. Have, have they've talked about yeah. playing in front of empty arenas? LeBron said he wouldn't do it. Did he? How did he say he would that. not play in front of an empty arena? And it's a good point. It's like the ACC today said they they were going to do away with the handshakes. They're still playing the game and bumping up against each other yeah. and sweating all over each other. You're going to tell me sneezing we're gonna, on the court or sneezing, something? Sneezing, you go spit flying everywhere, and we're going to worry about the handshake line. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's so people are so scared of being liable for something that they're overthinking things. Yeah. Okay. If you want to really, you really want to have you concern, cancel the games. Yeah. We can have May Madness. Another reason Let you're going to blow over. We'll, we'll get into sports right after after this sentence, if you want to. Sure. But. This this being an election season, it's going to be politicized and tried try to be and politicized. And it sucks, too, because it's, and, and people blame, are dying. Yeah, blame people over yeah. an illness and how yeah. it's, it, it's, it's... I saw a good tweet. They said that political reporters shouldn't be reporting on this because you're going to try to make it like some side is winning. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't about winning. This is, you know, people's lives are at stake. This should just be about fixing the problem. So, anyway. But that, this is America, so that's how that goes. We're all worried about who wins and loses, not... That's Not it. how fixing the problem. Speaking of wins and losses, though, yeah. <laughs> segue yeah. into that really nicely. Uh, big weekend for Mississippi State in all sports. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about baseball. We'll talk about women's basketball. They came up a little bit short, but I thought they were very impressive in the SEC tournament. Baseball got what they got had to get. But obviously, men's basketball is going to be the start of it. Uh, Mississippi State really does a nice job against Ole Miss. Really handled them. Fascinating that the two. If you add up the two scores, the they they're equal from the two games. State won by 25 here. Ole Miss wins by 25 in Oxford. A different kind of game this time. Mississippi State was really good defensively. Had a plan, had a had an adjustment they made to limit Bree and Tyree. Remember when we talked to Brian Scott Rippey uh, in February? And he talked about, well, I don't know that you can limit Tyree. He's going to get his, and you just have to figure out the rest. State figured out a way to limit him. and It was very impressive. 69-44 is the, uh, the final score. In case you missed that final score, because you follow the Ole Miss basketball account. They weren't much for tweeting that, you know. Official Twitter account there, you know, nothing to see here, though. Nothing to see here. We're just, we're moving on to baseball. We're moving, it, it didn't happen like that. So, yeah, they stopped tweeting at 54.35. So, you know, I guess it just sort of is what it is there, huh, Joel? You know, you know what can you do? Just just is what it is, you know. And, and their media, you know, and, and the funny thing about the, the Ole Miss media is, like, I really like all those guys that I, that I have a relationship with, you know. I mean, I'll... Rippy is a good friend. Obviously, Cross. You know, Ben Garrett is a good friend of mine. Parrish, I like a lot. Nick Suss is a really cool guy. And the rest of them, I don't know. I know uh, what Nathaniel, is that his name? Nathaniel Gabler. Yeah, nice enough guy. I mean, I met him. You know, I wouldn't say we're friends, but we know each other and we're very. Then the rest of those guys, I really don't know. So, I mean, I like those guys, but I don't know. Just sort of, sort of odd. Some of them didn't come, didn't even come to the game. It's like, what are you nervous about? Feel like they're. Oh, I don't want to go down there and see my team lose. You know, it feels like they're fans or something like that. It's really weird, kind of weird. You know, I mean, and I don't know. Like they tweet differently than I do. It's. It's. I mean, I, I admit I am a, a avowed play by play kind of Twitter. I'm not pitch by pitch. Nobody does pitch by pitch. That's just dumb. Can you imagine somebody who's just a strike one, strike two? Nobody's doing that. Nobody's doing that. Anybody who says they're seeing that is just full of it. But 
you know, I, I can't tell you the number of people who have told me in the past, like, hey, I really appreciate you tweeting the, you know, what's happening because I can't, I'm, I'm in a place where I can't watch the game. I'm at work. This is the only way I can keep up. So I remember last weekend uh, with the Long Beach State thing, uh, people were complaining because the stream wasn't working. And obviously, none of us went to Long Beach State, so they weren't getting any kind of updates whatsoever. And they were like, "Can the can the official account do some play by play or something?" So, you know, there there is a, a time and a place for it. You know, as long as you, you know, you could probably go a little overboard with it. Obviously, you know, and like for basketball, my my theory is I don't tweet when the other team scores. Whoever their state's playing, they could go on a twenty to nothing run, and I might say, "Hey, they're on a twenty nothing run," but I'm not going basket by basket for them. So, you know, and I know you don't get paid by the tweet or get paid by the follow or anything, but you do get paid based on how you, your, your your audience works around you and your engagement and things like that. And, you know, that's what makes people want to hire you. Makes people think, okay, this guy has, you know, a good audience and they're engaged with him. So I don't know why you would get upset by something like that, though. It's weird. It's just weird. It's not for me. You know, I'm not going to I'm not gonna go, go crazy. But I did think it was funny that their official Twitter account just shut it down uh, with about eight minutes to go in the game. Whatever. I don't know why I went on that tangent. It's sort of weird. Um... So State, Reggie Perry was really, really good. 22 points, 14 rebounds. The first half, and Joel, I know you weren't there. You were covering. You were. I was with Tyson's dad. Yeah, you were on the other side. You were in. How was it? What an odd conundrum. <laughs> you were in Oxford covering Starkville as they uh, a close, looked like a really good game. Yeah, I thought. It, looked like they got away from I, them there I, for I, a second. I know that this is Thunder and Lightning, the Mississippi State podcast, but um, to talk Starkville basketball for just like 10 seconds. Yeah. I had a basically a game story written midway through the second quarter you had to because it was twenty one four Starkville and they were rolling delete delete yeah uh, I know I know we were in the press conference with Howland when Starkville and he was asking us for updates and we were like reading your Twitter to him and, and saying hey, this is what's going on and he's like and when the, he finished when he finished talking you had just tweeted that Starkville had won and he was really excited obviously you know he knows Greg Carter really well with Tyson being on the team. But an odd situation. So you weren't there, so you couldn't see what I saw. And I, what I saw was this: in the first half, they needed to give Kadeem C. and Blake Henson and KJ Buffin a, a baseball bat or something because they had no chance. Reggie Perry came to play. He came to play. He came to show up and, and get the job done. Well, I told you on the previous. Not that I'm claiming any kind of foreknowledge right. here, but Reggie Perry especially strikes me as the kind of guy that holds a grudge. Yeah. <laughs> well, he talked about it the, the Alabama, Alabama game, game. Yeah. and so I said going into this one, if if this is the type of uh, of team and the type of players that hold grudges, this was the type of game that you take it out on them. I mean, it, you yeah. know, you lose by twenty five up there, your senior night at home. Yeah, um, you know they wanted to win for Tyson, and and quite frankly, they're still playing to get in the tournament. I know that you and I have. I don't want to say that we've written the obituary for them, but mm-hmm. it certainly seems like they've got to at least get to Sunday. The obituary is sort of like your first quarter story. It's it's on the computer. I don't know if I got to delete it yet. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, they had everything to play for, and yeah. they came out and look. What I saw, and of course you saw a lot more of yeah. it than I did, looked like a team that had a chip on its shoulder, and they played like it. defensively their best game of the season. They held Ole Miss to twenty nine percent shooting. They hold Tyree to eleven points on four of thirteen shooting, three turnovers. The adjustment was simple. Uh, and it brilliant though that basically when he came off of a screen, they were not going to let him get to get to his spot. And what they did was they told whoever normally they would bring the, the postman out for the screen, a do would come with that guy, and then when Ty, Tyree would roll off of it, a do would go with Tyree along with whoever was guarding him, usually Nick Weatherspoon. So 
in essence, you had two guys, including a seven-footer, double-teaming Tyree. And a couple times they forced him almost into backcourt violations. I mean, he had nowhere to go with the basketball. Uh, and you know, Kermit Davis talked about it. He's like, look, you know, when you get double-teamed, it's your job to find the open man. That, that's what good players do, and he didn't do that. And that was, that was the difference. Tyree, in the Ole Miss game, or sorry, in the Oxford game, would come off those screens and hit three-pointers. Mississippi State was not going to allow that to happen. They got nothing out of Blake Henson. You remember Henson the season oh, ago? Oh, he lit Stark, lit, lit stayed up. He lit Starkville up, man. Yeah. 20, Twenty-six points in that game had huge shots. He, he was, was really feeling his oats that night. He, too, was, he was as well as, as he should have. Yeah, I'm he not was, hating on him for it. He was tearing it up. He had no points in this game. O of eight shooting, including O of six from behind the arc. So, State's defensive game plan worked really, really well, and they got the win they had to have. Twenty and eleven, they get the double bye. An unbelievable Saturday for them. Everything fell into place. Kentucky comes back from 18 down to beat Florida. South Carolina goes to Vanderbilt and loses by double digits. And so the, the, it was there for the taking. And now I'm, I've, I've, this is my official NCAA tournament stance. I don't see how you can leave them out if they play Florida on Friday and beat them. You can't sit there and tell me. You're 2-0 against the Gators. You're 2-0 against Florida. You'd have a better record than Florida. Florida, I looked at their, their, their unless I'm just missing something, and I you know I don't know around the country as well, but they have wins over LSU and Auburn. Those are good quality wins. But for the most part, it just looks like they sort of like what State did last year. They played a tough non-conference, but the difference is they have good losses. They don't have a great win. They don't have a great win, and I get that their strength of schedule is really really tough. And but the thing is, I think if you switch the team's schedules. The record difference wouldn't be that great. State could have lost to those teams just as easily as Florida did. It, it really is going to. It doesn't make sense to me. And like I said, I you know the net and you know depending on what bracketology you look at, I know that Lunardi as of this uh, this evening had State uh, first in his next his next four out, so fifth out. Yeah. Jerry Palm of CBS Sports. I haven't looked at this. I, I guess I should, but. I was told on Saturday night he had State in the last four in, in the bye games, or the, the play-in games. So he had State going to Dayton. I, I, I firmly believe if they get to Sunday, because that means they're probably going to beat Kentucky, that they would be in. If you can beat Florida and Kentucky, you're going to get in. And for reference here, as we speak, mm-hmm. I just looked, State's net is 50. Florida's 28, Kentucky's yeah. 20. Yeah, that's two so quadrant one if wins. you get – yeah – Two quad one one wins, which I mean, this is a neutral floor, so they just have to be top fifty. To which be, they are, which they both they are. easily are. Right. So anyway, state wins both of those games. I don't think you can keep them out. And, and you may be right in that if they play Florida and just beat Florida, that I don't know that you. That can would keep be their third quadrant run win. I just maybe I'm just an old school kind of guy, and I, and I admit to being that certainly. But I don't understand how you can beat a team twice have a better record, have more conference wins, and not get in over them. You know, I agree with what Howland said at the press conference. He said, with the net ranking, it's put too much emphasis on what you do in November. What you do in February and March, seems to me, seems to be matter more. And you got a state team that's won 11 of its last 15 games. And if they get to, sat- if they get to Sunday, they will have won 13 of their last 17 games. And that's that's talking about peaking at the right time. That's what you want. You know, though, I kind of disagree with that a little bit. Okay. In that I think that what you do in November, December should matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
maybe that's the Major League Baseball fan in me coming out a little bit, but a loss in April, that counts the same as a loss in, in, no, well, in, in September. The you know, difference is in, in baseball is you have a – you have a actual method of the teams that go to the postseason. The best records get in. That's true. This is not. This is a subjective, subjective process. Deal. I understand that they, there's a formula, but that formula is created by men. So there's 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 some potential there. Now th- th- that to me, you know, if you, in the in MLB, you know, obviously if you play in the tougher division, right? You know, if, if you win the NL East with a hundred wins versus winning the NL West with a hundred wins, you it's probably you're probably th- th- they're better. You're probably better in the NL East. But 100 wins and nobody else has 100 wins, you're in. Simple as that. And if, you, if you're the most wins, you're the one seed. Simple as that. Not that way in college basketball. So I, I disagree with your premise. So we can have a little disagreement there. But State has done, you know, look, they could only – they screwed themselves in November and in December. They screwed themselves again with these losses to Ole Miss – to A&M, to South Carolina to an extent. Now, South Carolina was the game that if you had beaten Ole Miss and A&M, you could have lost to South Carolina. But when you d- didn't beat them, you had to beat South Carolina. And, and you didn't. So st- if State doesn't get in on Sunday, they don't have a whole lot of room to whine and complain. But I, I, do, I, I think now getting to Saturday, if they can beat Florida. Now if Ole Miss springs a couple upsets, and I don't think I don't, they, they're seated higher than Georgia, but if they beat Florida and you play Ole Miss for round three, that might not help you. You know, you really you need the seating to hold up and to be able to beat Florida to go to, to Saturday to play in all likelihood Kentucky. And if you can beat those two teams, you're okay. This is my this is what I'm saying. Here's final final thoughts. <laughs> this is my my stance. Beating Florida should be enough. Beating Florida and Kentucky will be enough. You don't have to win the tournament to get in. And if you lose to Florida or anybody on Friday, it's right. over. It's over. If you lose to Florida, it's over. You're going to the NIT. No questions asked, I, I would think. So. The interesting play here is if you win, if it ends up being an Ole Miss or a Georgia even, and you win that game, and then you get to Saturday and then lose, is it? do you think it's over then too, for sure? You win on Friday, you just don't beat Florida. Yeah, I, th- I think beating Ole Miss or Georgia would not be enough to get you in. You need another quad one win. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, that's what I think. The fact of the matter is, State still got a shot. And I don't know that – man, we, we keep wanting every after every loss the last couple of weeks, whether it was an A&M game or whether it was South Carolina, to hit – you know, send on that obituary – Mm-hmm. But you just can't yet. They, they, that pulse is still yeah. Undertakergif.com dot in net slash send whatever you want to pay you what the rising up it, it just keeps happening. Yeah. Now people keep trying to close the coffin. And it hasn't happened. And yet. the thing is, man, if they can get in, the team has the talent. Mm-hmm. The team really has the talent to be a Sweet Sixteen team. That team could do this. This is this is our these are our March options. Are you ready? Yeah. Lose on Friday and it doesn't matter. Beat Florida on Friday, get in. Beat Florida and Kentucky. Beat Florida, Kentucky, and, all, and either Auburn or LSU and win the whole SEC tournament and get in. Lose in the play-in game. 
win the play-in game, lose in the first round. Every option is a nothing will surprise me with this team. They're in. They're in. They could yeah. lose on Friday by thirty points to Florida. Go in the NIT I, and I'll lose tell you the that, first I'll game. I go further than that. They could lose to Ole Miss or Georgia. Oh yeah. yeah. No, nothing surprises me with this basketball team. I literally take it one day at a time with them. That that game, they have got me into coach speak. The most important game is the next game with Mississippi State. Don't ever look down the road with this team. They're not they're not good enough to look down the road, but they are good enough to look down the road. It's weird. It's crazy how that works. Let's move on over to MSU baseball, and that'll be brought to you by our friends over at Welcome Home Beef. Hope you guys took care of their took advantage of their special this week. Uh, if you did, you know what I'm talking about now when I say that's some of the best steak you'll ever put in your mouth. USDA prime beef, steaks, roast, burgers. They have pre-made meals, too. Look, guys, ladies, you want to take a night off from, from cooking for the family, dad, mom, whoever's doing that, just check out Welcome Home Beef and check out some of the stuff they've got going on there. Pot roast, short ribs, been braised for a long, long time until it's mouth-wateringly tender, like butter, like beef butter. Whatever you're looking for. Plus, the sides are there. And if you're looking to do some long cooking, you want to do some barbecue, you need to get some new rubs, you want to try some different stuff out, they got you taken care of. I think they, if I looked at that count right, they've got at least 20 different kinds of rubs available to you. So, this is really a one stop shop for everything meat over there on University Drive. Call them at 662 418 2120 or check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash welcome home beef. Whatever you're looking for for dinner. This weekend, tonight, they can make that happen for you. Check them out at Welcome Home Beef. It just tastes good. It tasted good to get a sweep for Mississippi State. Lamonis had a, had a comment. This is the most succinct and smart thing you'll ever hear a coach say. Winning is better than losing. You watched Friday's game. I watched Saturday and Sunday. I mean, you may have watched. I don't know on Saturday. Uh, Saturday, I actually listened to about the entire game okay. on the radio. I love John Cohen as a color guy, by the way, and that's not me kissing Cohen's rear end. That's just mm-hmm. a fact. I, I enjoy well, he, Who knows listening. the game more? I, and, and I don't always agree with everything John right. Cohen says, too, but I enjoy his perspective. That, um, that guy, you know, the athletic job, director's job is a stressful one. He's found an outlet. Just sit up there on yeah. a Saturday afternoon and just talk baseball. That's He must, he must really enjoy that, but... Yeah. There's just some. There's a joy to just driving down the road with Jim Ellis. There just is. There is. You know. I, and oh, it, it was perfect, man. I had my strange brew in one hand, uh-huh. cruising northward towards Oxford. Yeah. And uh, Jim Ellis and Cohen on the radio. They bring you home. Good, but good day. The games were not overly impressive for Mississippi State. They had to walk it off. They were. They were. They were. They were trailing on. A, they were trailing in Saturday and Sunday's game uh, defensively. A lot of issues. I would say baseball is three things. Pitching, hitting, and defense. State is struggling in two of those right now. Pitching and hit and defense. I'm sorry, hitting and defense are not good. The pitching is fine. <laughs> Oddly enough, the one thing going into the year that everyone was worried about Has is the one thing that you can out. count on. McLeod is a star. That guy is a legit Friday night guy. Bedner may be too. Bedner was very impressive on Saturday. <laughs> Sarantola, you got the bad Sarantola on Sunday, but... In the fourth inning... In the fourth inning, yeah, the first three innings he was fine. Just got away from him. But then in relief, David Dunlavy was fantastic. Three perfect innings of relief. 
And it feels like you've got the old Spencer Price back a little bit, too. He and Riley Self have been really, really good. So, yeah, the, the, the questions we had about pitching, if the hitting and the defense was where we thought it would be, this team would be number one in the nation. They would have lost a game. But they are having problems hitting. They are having problems in the field. Now, from a hitting perspective, you're top four now because with Allen out, they've moved Hatcher, they moved Hatcher to third. Uh, you got th- three of them are over 300. Hatcher had a good weekend. He's up at 280. Cameron now. James is over 300 now. Cameron James had a, had a, had a big RBI double. His, his bat has been much greater than I ever anticipated it being. And Very his good. gloves already Very good. really good. So, But, and Logan Tanner's hitting the ball well. He had a home run on Sunday. Uh, and uh, from a catching perspective, you know, you, you think young pitching staff, young catcher, that's a disaster. That's a, that's a problem waiting to happen. But he's been really solid. But then you have you have some holes. You just have some holes. Brandon Pimentel's a hole right now. He can't do. He can't get anything going. He's he is hitless against left-handed pitching. Your problem is, you you don't have a lot of no, options. You don't. Brad Cumbus. He's he's what struck out nine of his fifteen abs this year. I think it's nine out of fourteen. But yeah, you're right. He's got nine K. I mean, he's got he's got a lot more Ks than hits. You're striking out somewhere in the neighborhood of sixty percent of the time. Not good. Not good. You know, Leggett. Uh, McGowan, uh, Mason Land had a hit, I think, but for the most part, those guys, you know, they're freshmen and they're 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 struggling to get a little acclimated. So what? You know, if you remember the first weekend, we were like, man, the bottom half of the order is really producing a lot here. If you get that all year, they're going to be really tough to beat. Well, it 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 dried up pretty quick for Mississippi State, you know. So I feel like you know Jordan Westberg. It's so weird to say that, by the way. It's two different people, but it's, it's Jordan, one. comma, Westbrook. Yeah, I, I feel like I might have to start saying comma. But uh, Foscue and now Hatcher, once he gets going, there's no real worries there. And when Tanner Allen gets back, you'll be – I mean, that, that's that's a tough lineup. It, but they have got to find something out of this. And Pimentel especially is a guy they were really counting on. Yeah, you mentioned Allen. I was just going to say, I'll be interested to see because hands can be tricky, man. Even the, the greatest of hitters, when you're coming back from a hand deal – yeah, you kind of got to wait and see, but I feel like Tanner will be okay. But that bears mentioning. Um, here's what you got to think about too. I think a lot of if there is any remaining worry about this team a little bit, I think so much of it is still slanted by one nine inning Tuesday game back at the end of February. You're not wrong. I think if State had just won that game. Even if it if it had been kind of like Saturday, yeah, and it ended up being an ugly win, if they had if, if they, they had, had come back in the win. ninth and won ten to nine, yeah, then nobody I, cares. I think that they're hitting the hand wringing that's still out there a little bit. You're about not this wrong. baseball team because losing a series on the West Coast to a good Long Beach State team, yeah, you'd rather not lose it. But sometimes you you lose series to good teams, especially on the road. That happens. Um, right now, that Texas Southern loss is still what's kind of sticking in everyone's craw, just a little bit. Uh, and anything can happen in one game of baseball. So I guess my thoughts on this team right now, it's just that you have to be pleased that, save for that Texas Southern game, you've got a young team that's still figuring out its way. you got a team with a young bullpen that's still figuring out its roles. You have a team with a starting staff that had a, a guy in Will Bedner that made his first career start just one week before SEC plays fixing to start. Um, not only are you adjusting to the leadership void of no Mangum and no Magnamy, you're having to fill in the holes of no JT Ginn, a guy that could have went 
you know, one one overall in the MLB draft this coming year if he'd have been perfectly healthy. You're having to fill in that hole. You're having to fill in the hole of Tanner Allen. You, you've got all these issues, and yeah, the Texas Southern game's still a big black eye on you a little bit, but still, you're what nine and four. Yeah. Uh, you're going into the the week that SEC play starts still with everything in front of you, mm-hmm. and you feel like you have some blossoming stars, the McClouds, the Bedners. Um, you, you, what you need is one of well, – Cameron James, too, for that matter. I feel like he's kind of a blossoming star, and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, Logan Tanner as well. But you, you do need really even just one more guy. And that – Brandon Pimentel is the obvious one. If, if he could be what everyone – talked him up into being before the season started, give you a little bit of pop, uh, just give you a little more depth to that lineup. Because right now, I'm not worried about defensively. I know that Saturday was an ugly defensive day. That that one inning in particular where there were three errors and um, I was listening, not watching, but you know, it sounded like could have been a – I don't want to say could have been a fourth error, but apparently Cam James, there was a foul ball in foul territory that hit his glove that he could have yeah. called. I don't know if that should have been an error, but that, it was a play that I think Cohen actually said on the radio, it was a play that Cam James would have told you he should have caught the ball. Right. So I don't, I don't know that it was necessarily an error, but three errors in that inning, I'm not really worried about them defensively, though. Yeah. To me, right now, the only worry, if you want to call it that, that I have about this team is the offense. And I think it, if a Pimentel or, or someone – in the back half of that order could just give you a little more depth. And then you get Tanner Allen back, and that makes the You'll lineup even deep. You're fine. Yeah. Um, I, I guess what I'm saying is I think Texas Southern, Skidmark not included, this team's in fine shape, actually. Let so, me ask this. Uh, fine may be an, an, an overstatement, but I, I still think they're on, on a path yeah. to be able to do everything that you wanted to do. I'm going to ask Chris Lamontis this when I talk to him later today. Um uh, I'm asking you now. Can I use the term "season defining" for this week? Because I don't know that anybody in the country, I don't know that anybody in the last five years, maybe, has played a week like this. You've got two midweek games on a neutral field. I mean, it'll be a state crowd, but it's still not Diddy Noble. You still had to get up and travel and everything else. The bus was leaving as we left the stadium today. They 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 were moving out today, and against a top five team. And then you've got the defending SEC West champions who've struggled a bit this year. They're going to be desperate, though. Whoever loses this series this weekend is going to have... They're going to be really questioning themselves because Arkansas has been struggling. Weird weekend, by the way, around the SEC. Vandy lost two out of three. Now, they lost to UCLA and USC. Decent teams, but they did lose two out of three this weekend. Yeah. Um this is a huge week for State. I mean, if they just go two and three, I think they're feeling really good about themselves. As long as it's not a sweep on, you know, you would feel it would be really bad to take two from Texas Tech and then get swept by Arkansas. But if you go, you know, you split with Texas Tech and you win two one against Arkansas, I think you still feel okay. Yeah, I think you do. Is uh, it season defining? No. Okay. <laughs> is it anything? Can nothing be season defining? I mean, defining I, I guess if you come out and it's zero and five this week, yeah. then, then all of a sudden. It's one of those deals where I don't think you can win anything in this early in the season, but you could darn sure lose your way out of some stuff <laughs> earlier in the yeah. I mean, if you come out of this week 0-5, then all of a sudden you're 9-9 nine and nine yeah. and 0-3 in the league. Jake Mangum tell you that's okay. 
Yeah, and and I'd believe him too. Yeah, jeez, that, that kid. I'll never forget that seventeen season. Uh, eighteen, not seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, and uh, I, I was talking to him for a story, and he just, I mean, just deadpan. He's like, "Oh, we're fine." He's like I know, I know what the record is right now, but you know, don't count out the dogs. We're fine. And I'll be darned. Two months later, three yeah. months later, whatever they're they lost it. Well, they, that, was, they get swept by Vandy at home that year. I think that's right. I think that's right. I just remember being. I, just, at, I remember being in the press box in that trailer. And and looking around saying, guys, we're not going to Hoover. Yeah, well, I, and I, I can just – we were sitting out there at spring football in the freezing cold, and yeah. Ole Miss comes to town. And, and that's where it turned, And yeah. we were all following along on Twitter, and you're like, guys, it's like, what, 3 nothing? It's 5 nothing or whatever. Yeah, it just every yeah. moment, it's like, State's winning 5 nothing. Yeah. From crazy. then on, it was just a it – was, It was just that kind of season. A nonstop We'll see what happens this week. It's good, you know, I, 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 I would like to go back. I don't, I don't have the time to do it, but I would love to know – who has played weeks like this? And I mean, this is ridiculous. I'm just thinking back. Uh, here's our Ole Miss obsession coming out. Oh uh, God! Didn't they play Louisville in a two game series last year on an SEC week? <sighs> didn't they play them like in a midweek? Ahead yeah, of the SEC they did. Series? So that's a good example. Then yeah, because but that, I could be wrong. That was no. It was the first week. It was the, before the SEC tournament because Rippy came down from Louisville. He went to that that series. Came down from Louisville to Nashville, and that would have been the opening week of SEC play. Because State played uh, Auburn or played Florida that week, so or it may not even been the opening week, but it was so SEC play was, was going it, on. Okay, so yeah, that's a, yeah, so Ole Miss has done it. Not not great scheduling. <laughs> not great. This should have been the first week of the season. I mean, I, I'm just interested to see how State handles it from a pitching standpoint. I mean, you know, Carlo Kessler will, will he get will likely probably get one of the, the starts. Tuesday game you would yeah. guess so that he would be able to relieve on Friday right, if needed. Right. Um. Yeah. And then maybe Houston Harding, I don't know, maybe Dunleavy. You know, and and Lamonis says asked about that. I asked him about that, and he said uh, he felt like Dunleavy would be able to pitch in the midweek. He felt like they get they they were careful. He he pitched three quick innings, so should be should be no problem there. I'm starting to feel good about the depth in the pen. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like you said, that was the one question we had, and they're fine. They're fine. The other the other side of this coin, we're being a little overly negative. You somehow go five and zero oh this weekend this week. Well, then you're back in the top ten, and you feel great. I mean that 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 a five and zero week would erase the Texas Southern loss. You're back on track to host. Yeah, you you know this, I know, but you're starting to talk pie in the sky stuff here. When you play five really good baseball teams or, in five straight games, well, it's two teams, it's two but teams in five straight games. Yeah, it's pretty difficult to just imagine in baseball you going five and zero this week, right? But. Well, I mean, you know, but sometimes it happens. I always think back to that 2016 season where they were like, they had to sweep the last three weekends to win the the, the, the conference, and they did. So sometimes it just happens. Yeah. We'll see if it happens here. I don't. Well, I don't they, think it will. Well, we mentioned that that doggone 18 team that yeah, just had played to top, Florida played top 10 teams and just swept them. So back Arkansas to back to back, Florida just, just kept on rolling through them. We well, played three top five teams. Wasn't there something like nine and one against eight, top 10 teams? They were eight like and one in the regular season. They swept Arkansas, swept Florida. No, they were nine and one because they beat Ole Miss in, uh, in the Governor's Cup. So yeah, they were nine and one against top five teams. It did happen. Crazy stuff happened. Baseball, man, it's crazy stuff. All right, let's 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 finish up with women's basketball. Tough loss on Sunday, obviously, but I thought State learned some things about itself uh, over in Greenville this weekend. Uh, they found some offense. They found some perimeter shooting. Aliyah Matharu is clearly a budding star. Um, I mean, it played out like you thought it would. You got the two teams you expected to have in the final. South Carolina, you know, I thought it would be closer, but South Carolina came out locked in and ready to play, and State just didn't have the energy for it. I, I, which I, I hate to use that as an excuse, 
because both teams played the same amount of games. Yeah. The difference is South Carolina blew out two teams, and State had to come from behind and, and expend a lot of energy to do so in both of their games. Um, you know, and of course, you know, everything you expected to happen happened, including South Carolina fans jumping in Mississippi State women's basketball's mentions because they are the worst. But now this team has to wait. And this is the, the, the thing that sucks for women's basketball is you have to wait. I mean, they could go ahead and announce the field. So you, have, so you can start practicing and start game planning and things like that. But that said, State's going to be a three, a three or four seed. You hope that you're a three seed so you don't have to see a one seed until the Elite Eight. I think State can beat any two seed. I don't know they can beat any of the one seeds. I don't think they can beat South Carolina. Uh, UConn will be a one, I guess. You know, they, they can't, I don't know if they can beat them. They can't, I don't think they can beat Oregon. I don't know who the fourth one seed is. So maybe that's one that you could beat. But you're not likely to be paired up with the, 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 the less. You're, you're probably going to be paired up with Oregon or UConn. Um, and you see what happens. But they're going to host. They're going to win the first two games. They're going to the Sweet 16 because they're going to host the first two games. And some team that's never played in front of more than 500 people is going to come here and play in front of 7,000. And they're going to win. And then they'll go to Sweet 16. And just at that point, to me, it's just gravy. Whatever happens, happens. You overachieved with this team big time. And you're going to have a puncher's chance in every game. In every game. Until you until you play one of the elites. Until you play. And even well, with South, mean, Carolina, even South Carolina, Carolina. I feel like they can win. I mean, If I, you South play Carolina, them on a truly neutral yeah. court. But you won't because the, the if you play. They won't be in with South Carolina unless they play them in the Final Four. Because they're not going to put South They're not going to go stay in South Carolina in the same bracket. But if you did, you'd be playing them in, in, <laughs> in Carolina's backyard again. Yeah. So we'll see how all that plays out. I thought, like I said, I thought the wins over LSU and Kentucky were very impressive. You know, the way they just they were behind in both games and they just sort of flipped a switch and then they took they completely took over to the point where even in the South Carolina game, knowing is how good South Carolina was, when they fell behind early, I was like, they're going to do it again. And then it became about midway through the second quarter, it became obvious they were not going to do it again. That South Carolina was just South Carolina played like they were pissed off. To be totally honest with you, they were yeah. they were. They were not happy campers, and they they wanted to get that win. So yeah, well, it looked like right there they were you know setting up a steel cage match there for a minute. For a minute there, Yamaya Morris wasn't having any of uh, Aaliyah Boston's uh, crap, for lack of a better word. And then uh, <laughs> to yeah. use a Joe Mooreheadism, play with class, but don't take no off nobody. <laughs> exactly right. That's what that's what happened. Yamaya Morris was a was a eye opener this week. She had a, a couple of big games. Had a double double, eleven ten with five blocks against uh, Kentucky. You know, Jessica Carter, on the other hand, was was not great this week. So, you know, they just Rakia Jackson was good, Matharo was good. The pieces are, are all still there. Next year is going to be fantastic. This year, it's it really is a test. And I was talking to us about this with a friend, um, beyond just women's basketball, but people are like, you know, this hasn't been the best academic year. And you're like, okay, think about a decade ago, and you're going to tell you a bowl game, a 21 basketball team, the women's team is going to go to the probably the Sweet 16. And we'll see what happens with baseball. And people are like, you know, it's not great. Really says something about what has happened here in Starkville at Mississippi State. That, yeah, expectations are a little higher nowadays. It's not just about you know, no matter what some people want to try to tell you, it's not just about beating Ole Miss here at Mississippi State. Yeah, some people you know trying to compete for national championships, but Mississippi State is actually trying to compete. It's just it's crazy how that works sometimes. Oh, I don't want any more people calling me obsessed on Twitter, so I guess I'll stop there. But see that guy today? Did you see that? Come on. You follow me, dude. <laughs> you know, I do. 
everybody on both sides of the rivalry likes to throw around the word obsessed. Upset and rent-free. But here's the thing. In the state of Mississippi, SEC sports is our professional sport. Right. And so when you have two teams separated by, I just drove it the other day, 90-something miles, it's hard to not pay attention to each other. There's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't mean you're obsessed. It just means you're a sports fan and you see what the rival 90 miles to the north or 90 miles to the south, depending on which side you're on. You just see it. What happens at Ole Miss affects Mississippi State. When they get a good recruit, that's a recruit state probably recruited and would like to have Could had. Could have been in on. And, yeah. and, and, and vice versa. When Ole Miss wins a game, that puts them in a position where they might be able to beat Mississippi State. You know, money gets spent one way or the other. You want to pick up sidewalk alums. Well, most of us, too, we go to church with or to yeah. work with or whatever. 50% Ole Miss fans, 50% 75 in my case. It just depends on where you're from. 75%. Is that it's, Vicksburg? It's, no, three out of four of the people on the show. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> With Ole Miss. I mean, and not that, you know, especially in Borky's case, I, I think Borky is a little less of that than anybody. But, you know, and Rippy, Rippy is, is I, I, I'm really trying to mean this as a compliment, and it may come out the wrong way, but Rippy is the most down-the-middle I mean, he, he is an objective guy. I know he went to Ole Miss. I know he cheered for Ole Miss his whole life. But just from reading and talking to him, you never know. Well, that's what I, Richard I, is an Ole Miss guy, and he just is. I mean, he guys does the Ole Miss football sideline guy, yeah. all right? He's wearing Ole Miss polo on game day. He, he's a rebel. He'll tell you. If I was just a casual driver through the state uh-huh. and, and listening to Sports Talk Mississippi, I don't think that I would ever guess that Rippy was a, an Ole Miss right. Guy right. All. I mean, he he has no problem taking taking him to task, much the same way I try to be with Mississippi State. So, but yeah, it's not an obsession, guys. It's it's just how you know, it's just how it is. You know, what happens at State affects what, Ole Miss. What happens at Ole Miss affects State. So, if you're a fan, to quote the Hunt for Red October, it is wise to know the ways of one's enemy. <laughs> and that's just how that's just how life goes. So, and the bottom line is the rent free thing always cracks me up. Like the bottom line is too here, folks. Keep this in perspective. Uh, we're talking about and paying attention to sports. Yeah, well, it's not. It's not war in Syria. It's not. Yeah, that's, that's, even that's coronavirus. It's. But seriously, the rent free thing. Like you know, Ole Miss fan who follows ten Mississippi State accounts is you guys are obsessed with us. Like what? I follow Cross Rippy Borky. If you want to call him an Ole Miss guy, he's there. I mean, he he very rarely tweets about. It. Either one. I mean, when he does tweet about Ole Miss, he usually has a state tweet not long after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of who else do I follow. That's I follow several Ole Miss accounts, but I follow several Auburn accounts. I follow several. The Alabama only the accounts. only people I follow outside the, the the MSU umbrella, I guess, are the people I'm friends with. So, like, I was following Marcelo when he was on this beat. I never, I just never unfollowed him, and I'm not going to. You know, yeah. same with Will Salmon, Matt Stevens. Uh, Kyle V. I, I I had a list the other day of these yeah, are the things right. I'm not really interested in. I know more about the Minnesota Vikings than anybody else in this state, probably because of Courtney Cronin. But it just sort of is what it is. But yeah, the, the rent free thing always it makes me laugh. Like, dude, stop. Just just. And if you're a state fan doing rent free, this just stop. Just stop it. All right. So it is. All right. <laughs> Hope my lessons are are have been not been too preachy today. Uh. Tomorrow's show. Uh, to be only, like, the only show this week where we're not reviewing or previewing. I guess we'll preview Mississippi State-Texas uh, Tech a little bit. 
uh, big week, big midweek series for the Bulldogs. And uh, we'll do a positional breakdown tomorrow. We'll talk about the defensive line for Mississippi State. Or do we do? Do we all do the D line? No, no, we did O line. We talked. We just talked about defense last week. Uh, so we'll do the actual the D line. We'll look at you know that group. So many question marks last year. Now a lot of experience coming back should be a, an improved group uh, for sure. So we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. Uh, we'll do the rumblings as normal for uh, for Tuesday night or Tuesday show for Wednesday, and uh, we'll just have a we may have a little have a little bit of a late night after that baseball game, but we'll get through it. You guys, have a great Monday. I'm back with you on Tuesday morning for Joel T. Coleman. Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to. Whatever like, podcast this is. I almost said like Bulldog Sports Radio. Like, it's like, been, been a while. I, I, that's not even a podcast. That was the, if I had said the, the B&B, you know, I, that would have been like, okay, you know, brain fart. But why would I go there? Whatever. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.